Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Woo! Good morning. Good morning again. I've been, uh, thank you, thank you very much. I've been working on my, uh, been working on my hip action here today. Um, no, 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 everybody will be running out the building. Hey, uh, welcome again. Welcome back, uh, those of you who are watching us online today. Uh, so welcome. Not only is it Father's Day, but it's week two of our series, uh, At the Movies. At the Movies is where we use current or popular movies uh, to point people to Jesus. And uh, you can't get any more current uh, than today's movie, Elvis, because it's not out yet. Um, actually, it comes out this week week, uh, this Thursday at the theaters. But don't worry, uh, I've read all about the movie and uh, pretty familiar with the plot. Uh, but first of all, um, how many of you consider yourselves to be Elvis fans and will looking forward to go and see this movie? Yeah. Okay, quite a number of you. Yeah, some of you that are a little bit younger have no idea who Elvis is, I guess. I don't know. Um, but uh, my, um, anybody here ever been to Graceland? Yeah, come on, Rafe. I know you have. Rafe is convinced he's seen Elvis in a Kentucky Fried Chicken somewhere. But anyway, um, Janet's parents actually went to go, hey, uh, hey, Mom, there she is. She's watching on TV, I'm sure, uh, watching online this morning, uh, Nancy. Uh, but um, they, my, Janet's parents actually went to go see Elvis in concert uh, in Atlanta. So we got a lot of Elvis fans in the house, I'm sure. Uh, the movie chronicles the life and career of Elvis uh, from the early days, uh, his early days as a child, to becoming, uh, you know, an international rock star, movie star, and as well, uh, his complex relationship with his manager, Colonel Tom Parker, who's played by Tom Hanks. Now, overall, so far, critics have seen the movie, and they've gotten, they've given it pretty good reviews, but what's really impressed me um, is that all of Elvis's immediate family um, have approved of the movie and loved it, uh, especially the performance of Austin Butler, who plays Elvis. In fact, Lisa Marie Presley, uh, Elvis's daughter, uh, praised the film, calling it, and I quote, nothing short of spectacular. Uh, Elvis's ex-wife now, Priscilla Presley, uh, said this, for those curious about the new film Elvis, it is a true story told brilliantly and creatively. Uh, Austin Butler, who played Elvis, is outstanding. Halfway through the film, Jerry and I looked at each other and said, wow, wow. So there you go. That's pretty high praise, right, uh, from his family. But the real question for me today, of course, as, as is every week, you know, when we pick one of these movies is, you know, hey, what am I going to preach on today? You know, what, what direction, you know, am I going to go in, especially being Father's Day? You know, what's the hook? What's the springboard? Well, you know, Elvis is regarded by many people as one of the most significant uh, cultural icons of the 20th century. And yet, in many ways, he really is a very tragic figure. You know, his life is a cautionary tale of the crushing weight of fame, uh, dying at a young age of 42 from a heart attack induced by uh, a drug addiction. But Elvis is known, of course, uh, worldwide as what? What do they call him? The king, right? The king. The king of rock and roll. Uh, Aretha Franklin's the queen of soul. Michael Jackson is the king of pop. Uh, but more than anybody else, Elvis is known as the king. So that's the hook today. This is where I'm going. There is only one king. And until Jesus is the king and the Lord of 
every area of your life, life's not going to make sense. Okay? There's one king. It's King Jesus. And until he is the king and lord of your life, of every area of your life, life's not going to make sense. Now, you know, a lot of men will joke today about being the what? The king of their what? Their castle. The king of the castle. Hey, guys, listen up. The last time I checked, you're not the king, and it's not your castle. You're not the ruler. And, and by the way, neither is your wife, and neither are your children. The universe and everything in it, including you and all your possessions, they all belong to King Jesus. And until you submit to him, Life is not going to make sense. And so today, on Father's Day, that's what I want us to talk about today. King Jesus. And I want to challenge everybody today, men and women, but especially men today, to become a little bit more like Jesus in every area of their life and to submit to him, to humbly bow the knee and submit to King Jesus. So to do that today, we're going to take a look at a picture of Jesus that we don't often look at. It's found uh, in Revelation chapter 19. And I want us to talk about who Jesus is. So first of all, if you're taking notes, number one, Jesus is real. He is real. When we talk about Jesus, the thing I want you to know, that he is as real as the person who is sitting next to you. Which, by the way, That means that you cannot be indifferent about Jesus. You have to make a decision. At some point in your life, you have to make a decision about it. He he doesn't afford you any other other choice. And and to, to be indifferent, to make no decision, is to make a decision. Okay? Revelation 19, beginning in verse 11. I saw heaven standing open. Now stop right there for just a moment. Here is the good news. And you need to hear this today loud and clear. Heaven is wide open. It is still open for business. Now, have you ever gone somewhere, maybe a restaurant or a business, and you're looking forward to going there or eating there, and then you show up and you find out that it's closed, right? Very disappointing, right? Scott Huff has the exact same feeling every Sunday after church when he drives past Chick-fil-A, okay? He's jonesing for a sweet tea, and it's closed. He feels the same way every week. Now, here's what I don't want to happen to some of you in this room. I don't want you to die and discover for the very first time that then, and, you know, that then heaven is now closed to you because it's too late. Because then it's too late. All your life you were indifferent about him. You you rejected him. And then it's going to be too late. But the good news is right now, listen to me, heaven is wide open. It is open for business. But the reason it's open, as we're going to see in the rest of this passage, is not because you and I are good people. Because we're not. And it's not because we do good things. The reason heaven is wide open, 
open for you, open for business, is because of Jesus, because of who he is and because of what he, what he has done. Go back to verse 11. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and wages war. Folks, this is a picture of Jesus. And the words here, the two words that are used to describe him, I love this, faithful and true. So every guy in the room today, I want to ask you a question. For those of you who are watching this online, pay attention. Here's the question. If somebody were describing you, would they use the words faithful and true? If your wife, your children were describing you, would they say that you are faithful and true? Listen to me. Jesus is. He is faithful. He is true. Faithful and true to who? To what? He is faithful and true to his Father. He kept his eyes on God the entire time he was here on earth. You know, when I read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus blows my mind away. And one of the reasons for that is this, because he really didn't care about what other people thought about him. He didn't care about what other people said about him. In fact, he often, on a regular basis, uh, offended the religious leaders of his day. He basically told them they were all going to hell, he asked them, had they even read the scriptures that they claimed to know? I mean, you think racism or sexism is bad today. It was twice as bad in Jesus' day. And the people that they hated, that the Jews hated, were the Samaritans. But there is this really cool story in John chapter 4 of Jesus actually approaching not only a Samaritan, but a Samaritan woman. And he has a conversation with her. Do you know why? Because Jesus didn't care about what other people thought about him. He was real, he was faithful, he was true, he was focused on God. That's what I love about Jesus. Listen to me, men. That's the kind of man that we are called to be. We are called to be faithful and true. But do you know what I see today in so many men? Is that when the heat's on, that, that, that when it's hard, that when it's difficult, that when it requires something, they back off. They back off from being faithful and true, faithful and true to their family, faithful and true to their marriage, faithful and true to their values, faithful and true to the word of God, to the people of God, to the church. For example, guys, you're on a business trip. After dinner, some of the guys are going to a strip club. You know it's not right, but you go because you're a coward. And you're scared to death about what somebody might say about you in your absence. Not about standing before the almighty God one day. You're at work and somebody tells a racist joke. You don't think it's funny, but you laugh. One of the guys shows you an inappropriate picture on his phone. You know it's wrong. But you look anyway and you say nothing because you're a coward. Now, if your teenage son had told that joke or if the girl in that picture was your daughter, it'd be a different story. Faithful and true. Everything about Jesus is real. 
the hundreds of prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament that were all fulfilled in him, all true. Now here's what cracks me up though. People today are just enamored and blown away and drawn into all these stories about aliens, right? Aliens and ghosts and conspiracy theories and even years after his death, right? Elvis sightings. Well, you read it on the internet, so it must be true. I Googled it. Listen up. The church, Christianity, our faith, Jesus, it is the most supernatural thing to ever hit the planet. Jesus, the virgin birth, his miracles, all real, all true. Everything about Jesus was true. But people will doubt that. And they will say, well, you know, I just don't know about all the supernatural stuff, all those miracles about the resurrection. And yet they'll go home and they'll watch a show about a pet whisperer who counsels poodles. And they think that's real. Listen, the Bible says that Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life. His crucifixion, his death on the cross, real. He paid the price for your sin and for mine that we couldn't pay. His resurrection from the dead was real. It was witnessed literally by hundreds of people. It was recorded in human history. They turned the word, the world upside down. They gave their life for it. Not for a lie, for the truth. And so that is our call as followers of Jesus. All followers, by the way, men and women, to be faithful and true. And women, listen to me for a second. Single women especially, listen to this. Stop, stop settling for anything less than a man who is faithful and true to Jesus. Stop it. Don't even, don't even date a man who isn't. You ever, you ever gone out on a date with somebody who played the God card, the Christian card, pretended to be one so that he could pressure you to go a little further than you know is right physically? Don't settle for that. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5.11. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer and yet indulges in sexual sin, is greedy, worships idols, is abusive or a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. Don't even eat with them. Don't go out on a date with them. And, and ladies, if you have a man, not who is perfect, because you're not either, but if you have a man who is pursuing Jesus, he is trying to be faithful and true, and he is here today, man, Thank God for that. Encourage him. Faithful and true. Number two, Jesus is passionate. All men are passionate. And I know there's some guys sitting here today going, no, no, not me, Pastor Chris. I'm just not like that. I'm not very emotional. I don't show my emotions. Listen, you are a liar, and the truth is not in you, okay? Because I'm not talking about feelings. I'm not talking about emotion. I am talking about passion. And all men are passionate about something. Okay? Look at this next verse. Many people don't see this about Jesus. Verse 12. 
His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. Translation, game on. Game on. Strap it up. We're playing to win. That's what this means. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody with eyes of fire, but when somebody gets eyes of fire, they're not playing around. You know, Jesus is not up in heaven just waiting to give everybody a hug, okay? The Bible says he's got fire in his eyes. And one of the things I think is lacking in so many men today is passion for God. Passion for God. Passion for the church. Listen, the church is the greatest thing on the planet. It will far outlast anything else. It has and it will. Jesus said nothing will withstand the church. And men are passionate about all kinds of things. We're passionate about our jobs. We're passionate about our hobbies, you know, golf and grilling and fishing and hunting. We're passionate about sports. I mean, think about it. Whether it's college football, NASCAR, March Madness, guys will do some crazy stuff to show their passion. Guys will paint their bodies. They'll, they'll join a fantasy league. They'll stay home from work. They'll scream at the TV. But what's crazy is you'll come to church and act like you're a dead corpse. You know, you'll see somebody else just, you know, worshiping God, giving their all, clapping, raising their hand, and you'll look at them and say, man, that's weird. No, you're weird. You are. You know what Jesus was passionate about? He was passionate about God. He was passionate about his relationship with his Father. He was passionate about you, about me. What about you, guys? What are you passionate about? Listen to this description of a passionate man in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor nor sits in the seat of scoffers. In other words, notice the progression here. Blessed is the man who doesn't chase after this world. Walk, stand, sit. First, he doesn't, first he walks. In other words, then he stops and stands, and then he's sitting down. And he's fellowshipping with people who not only don't know God, they mock God. And and they laugh at the things of God. So guys, let me ask you, who or what has your heart? Who are you walking with? Who are you standing with? Who are you sitting with? But his delight, the Bible says, what's he talking about there? He's talking about passion. What do you delight in? What gets your motor running? What gets you excited in the morning and keeps you awake late at night? I mean, if I were to mention your name to a group of your friends, what would they say that you are passionate about? Verse two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. In other words, God's man, a godly man, is passionate about his relationship with God, and he's passionate about God's word, the Bible. Not only does he read it, but he lives it, and he applies it to his everyday life. He allows it to to cut his soul to to the quick, and he follows God. 
He's not perfect, but he's passionate about God. That's what gets him going. That's what keeps him up at night. Who is he reaching out to? Who is he loving? How is he serving? How is he leveraging all that God's given him for the kingdom? Number three, Jesus is also sacrificial. He's sacrificial. Let me ask you a question. How many of you grew up with a, um, a Jesus picture uh, in your house somewhere growing up, a Jesus painting? Now, that's kind of, you know, not really kind of current, in our ge- current generation, but maybe your grandparents had a picture, you know, of Jesus hanging up in their house somewhere. Now, typically, older Jesus pictures uh, were just these headshots, okay? And Jesus would look very solemn, very white, by the way, which is weird because um, he wasn't. Um, and, uh, you know, he was a first century Jew in the Middle East. Um, and, but typically he'd have like a slight glow around his head, right? You, you picture that now, right? And, or there's a picture of him, you know, typically may, maybe more modern pictures of, of him with like sheep and a shepherd's staff or maybe surrounded by children. You know, I had baby dedication day. There's that picture you've seen with him kind of overlooking a dad next to a kneeling dad praying for his kids. Or, uh, you know, those of you here in the, the low country, there's the, uh, you know, Jesus walking along the beach, you know, the whole footprints in the sand thing, right? Listen, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, none of you have this Jesus picture in your house. Look at verse 13. He was dressed in a robe dipped in blood. Anybody got that one in their house? I doubt it, right? I mean, you got, you, you got that one in your house, and people come over, they see that picture, they're running, right? What have I gotten myself into? Speaking of, uh, you know, at the movies, they're thinking, man, this is a Quentin Tarantino movie. That, that's what it kind of looks like. But the Bible says right here in Revelation 19 that Jesus is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. Now let me ask you a question. Whose blood is it? It's his blood. Now hold on to your seat. I want to show you something. This is awesome. Jesus has a robe and it's dipped in blood and he's on a white horse, but the people following him, look at this, verse 14. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, what? White and clean. Now automatically you might be thinking, well, why didn't they have blood on their clothes too? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus paid the price, because Jesus is sacrificial. And because of his sacrifice, because of what he was willing to do on the cross, heaven is now wide open. And those who will follow him are are clean and made right in the sight of God. Man, this is so awesome. You are not white and clean because you're a good person. Because nobody in this room is a good person. Now, whoa, 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 wait a second, Pastor Chris. I'm a good person. No, you're not. You're not. And now, yeah, you ask most people if they're going to go to heaven, a lot of people today will say, well, yeah, why? Well, because I'm a good person. You're, you're a good person? Do, do, do you know why most people think they're good? Because they're comparing themselves to the wrong person. Well, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm not like so-and-so. I'll tell you what. You're not going to be judged according to so-and-so. You will be judged compared to God. Are you that good? 
Always do the right thing, never do the wrong thing, and always do the right thing with the right motives. Are you that good? I'm not. I fall miserably short. Jesus was sacrificial. God knew that you and I couldn't be good enough. We couldn't make it to heaven on our best day. He knew that. He knew that we were still, as the Bible says, going to fall short. So God allowed his one and only son, Jesus, to come to the earth and to be a sacrifice for our sin. Parents, how hard would that have been? Mom, dad, how hard? You know, I remember when our daughter, Lydia, was two years old, and uh, she fell and cut her head wide open after church. After church, we were meeting downtown uh, at Ashley Hall School. Uh, Lydia's two years old. Again, immediately after church, she falls. She hits her head on the pavement. And uh, we took her to the emergency room downtown. We were right there, you know, and we took her right to the, uh, the old St. Francis Hospital, right there at Rutledge and Calhoun. Lydia's crying. Janet's crying. I mean, it's just a, it's a mess. And, uh, and then they say something in the ER that no parent ever wants to hear. We need you guys to leave the room. It'd be a lot easier if you, if you weren't here. And so as young, young parents, you know, we're outside in the hallway listening to our two-year-old daughter scream for us, you know, while they stick a needle in her head and give her stitches, and there's nothing that we can do. Now, as, new, as parents, man, that rips your heart out. Now, the reality, though, the truth is, Lydia was fine. You know, it really wasn't that bad, and she was in great, great hands. But as a parent, I mean, you want to do everything you can in your power to protect your kids from pain, even if it's actually good for them. Now, what we feel as parents in moments like those that pales in comparison to what our father must have felt like 2,000 years ago when they saw, when he saw his son Jesus get beat in the face. When he saw, you know, uh, nails, spikes pounded in his feet and in his hands, beaten beyond recognition, hung on a cross. And can you imagine God the Father standing at the edge of heaven, knowing, in fact, that at any moment he could have ended it all. He could have. He could have brought Jesus back home safely in his arms, but he did not. Do you know why? Because he knew that that was the sacrifice needed for you and for me. So that one day we could be dressed in white, following Jesus, made right with God. He allowed his son to be sacrificed. That's sacrificial love. What about you, men? Who or what do you sacrifice for? Are you willing to love others, sacrificing your needs, expecting nothing in return? Listen up. That's what it means to be the spiritual leader of your home. Not, I'm the boss, applesauce, you know, my way or the highway. That, that's not it. That's not it. Ephesians 5.25 says, husbands, love your wives. How? Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Sacrificial love. You see, this today is the picture 
of a real man, a godly man, the kind of man that we are to aspire to, sacrificial, passionate, faithful, true. And then I want to go back to where we started in the beginning. Finally, number four, Jesus is king. He is king. He came to earth 2,000 years ago. He took the best that Satan had to offer, but ultimately his hand was raised in victory, and he still reigns in victory today. He is the king. He is the Lord. The Bible says this in Revelation 19, 15, and 16. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And listen to this. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. King of kings. Jesus is the king. You're not. And until he is the king and the Lord of every area of your life, until you humbly submit and bow the knee to him, nothing in this life is going to make sense and you will stand one day before God in condemnation. But you can live today. You can be set free. You can have freedom and joy and purpose and meaning if you will submit to him. Heaven, heaven is wide open. And there is still time. Do you have a relationship with him? Have you asked Jesus to come into your life? Because Jesus is the only one who makes you clean and right with God. He is the king, he is the Lord, but today the question is this, is he yours? I want you to listen to this picture of Jesus. Philippians chapter two, it's one of my favorite. Listen to verses five through 11. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. In other words, this is who we're to be like. This is what we're to aspire to. Men, women, everyone. Listen to this. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Real. Real. Faithful. True. This is real. Jesus was a person. He was God. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being passionate. He gave up all of heaven, all of the glory of heaven, all of the rights and the privileges of heaven, and he gave it all up and he became a human being. He became a slave. He did that for you. He did that for me. Passion. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. What's that? Sacrificial. Sacrificial. Therefore God elevated him to the highest place of honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is King. Is he yours? Is he yours? He can be that today. It is your choice. It is up to you. 
All of heaven is waiting. God is waiting. He is hoping. He wants you to come home. It's one step of faith. You turn around, you humble yourself, you bow the knee and declare that Jesus is Lord. You will either do that here and now in gratitude and worship or one day you will do it in fear and trembling and it'll be too late. Do it today on Father's Day. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you. I thank you for Jesus. Father, may we together, as a people, may we strive, not in our own goodness or our attempts at at religion, but God, just in our worship and gratitude, day by day, just desire to become more and more like Jesus, like him. Father, may we be real with people. May we, as men, as fathers, as women, as moms, may we be real, may we be faithful, may we be true. May we be passionate, passionate about about you, passionate about, about people, about the church. And may we be sacrificial willing to put others ahead of ourselves and to to love people and to serve them. And if you are here today and you are ready to declare that Jesus is Lord, that he's your Lord, pour your heart out to him right now. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I admit it. I am a sinner. I am not good. I, I need a Savior. I have messed up. I have pushed you out of my life. I have rejected Jesus. I have been indifferent toward him. But Father, today I decide, I choose. Jesus is real. I believe in him. Today I put my faith and trust in him and him alone. I know he went to that cross. I believe he rose from the dead. He is the king. He is the Lord. And today I ask him to be mine. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.